0: I have no idea how to begin the show, so hello, how you doing? It is a nightly pleasures live show. I'm going to be taking it pretty easy and pretty light today, and I hope you don't blame me. <coughs> I'm actually in a great mood. Uh, things are actually working pretty good for me, and I kind of wanted to talk about that just a little bit uh, before we get into the requests and everything else. So last week I actually felt like this big sense of relief just talking about the world and, and coming back and uh just 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 sort of restarting things back up. And it has carried me throughout this last week incredibly well. I uh I'm still not where I wanna be with everything, uh, production-wise, and I'm still not where, I mean, this is kind of like the the frustrating news up front, I guess, where I want to be with everything uh, coming out and scheduled and what have you. Uh, I really have been making an effort to be more on top of it, but it's just, that's been the hard part throughout 2020. Um, But as far as I'm going, I feel fucking fantastic. And my emotional state and my physical state uh, I almost feel bad about talking about it. It almost feels like bragging, or it almost feels really, really bad to get that out there. But, I, 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 you know, I, I'm making the decision that, as I said last week, positivity is about doing the best things that you can with where you're at, and celebrating where I'm at feels really good right now. So that's what I'm going to do until you guys tell me that I'm being a jerk about it. So the last week I've spent uh making food, making menus, getting stuff in advance, being pretty organized around the house, uh getting organized with stuff, but what I what I realized is for all of this year so far, cuz a lot of a lot of people felt a felt a pretty big dip that first weekend. Um For the whole year so far, I've been feeling pretty fucking good. I've been feeling pretty grateful. I've been feeling pretty patient and calm. Uh, I haven't blown my stack at a single person. When I am very irritated with others so far, I don't know. There's two versions of me when I'm irritated with others. There's a version of me that I don't like and nobody else likes either uh, where... I definitely say things that I would take back or diminish if I could and pull them right back and I lose my composure and I'm definitely not the person that I set out to be that morning. And then there's a version of me where I argue with people where I insult the shit out of them, but I feel great about it afterward. And I don't know how anybody else feels about that side of me, but I love him. When, when I actually get into an argument with somebody and I'm actually like, oh, you're just a fucking idiot. You are a dog chasing its tail, sir. I understand that that is definitely not me being the Dalai Lama. I need to make that clear. When, I, when, when, I, when you encounter that from me, but without me being like, or harsh or like really derated. Like somebody else is like, you're an idiot. I'm like, no, sir. You are the idiots, sir. When you see that side of me, I, you do not have to find it attractive. I I wish I didn't take bait, all the rest of it. I'm going to tell you a story real quick here where you're going to find me less attractive if you find me kind of attractive right now, because this is a true story. Uh, Daddy went out into the world this week, and he got into it with a stranger. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh but there's a prize at the end of it and it's the funniest thing and there will be a little ASMR for you guys because of the prize. So, stick with this very unflattering story that I'm very excited to tell you. Uh I I I I legitimately have been feeling great about cooking, uh about what's in my freezer, what's in my grocery list. When I do stop off and I do buy something uh to to eat, that's not so good for me. It's not just because I've done something outside the house that day or or what have you, um, but I've really wanted it. And I'm really happy with the things that I buy when I do eat out. They're much more experience-based. I'm not buying things because of like the bulk calorie per dollar or what have you. I'm not thinking about, oh, I can eat some more of that later. I really want it when I order something out now, since it's really less than once a week pretty frequently. Uh, I I I I feel pretty great about uh experimenting with a lot of things I, in my personal life. Uh, I I've been exercising a lot more in different ways. Um not not different ways that are new to me, but just I've been doing the stretching and the hiking and the resistance training, you know, off and on. Uh, it's 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 becoming much more common. Uh <clears throat> I in short have been doing all the things that you guys encourage me to do, that I encourage other people to do, and and making a life in isolation or trying to and ready to emerge from it when I can. Yeah? So then I definitely shouldn't have done this thing that I just did this week since the last time I showed you with all the good feeling and all the good vibes. So here's what happened. I went out to go and buy a lot of narcotics like I normally do. And there's nothing else to do. You sit at home all day. Booze goes too quickly. So I can't become an alcoholic because that defeats the purpose of isolation if you go to the fucking liquor shop three times a week. Doesn't work. So, and I can't keep the liquor around because it turns out if you keep your label of beer in the house, I'm pretty good at not drinking it for like 36 hours. But there comes a point where it's like, well, my beer's in the fridge. What do you want me to do? Not drink my beer in the fridge? Come on, man. How many times do you want me to go for an oatmeal smoothie instead of a beer? Because I've done it twice in a row, which means two days. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a third. <clears throat> so I can't become an alcoholic. So once a week, twice a week, or no, not once a week, once a week, once every other week, sometimes as little as once a month if they have a good enough sale or something, I will make the trek. I will go. I will buy a bunch of narcotics all at once, go home, uh, and enjoy it. Well, not really enjoy it. Just kind of use them to pass the time at this point, quite frankly. Just kind of use them to make David Lynch movies more interesting the third time through. Okay, okay, all right, okay. Let me guess. There's going to be a synthesizer coming in. Hey! I'm actually so high that I don't remember that, but I kind of do. Uh... Ah, uh, at this point, weed is just to get through the news without my heart rate increasing too much. Scientists say that you're dead by the time you finish reading this headline. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Scientists said your ex girlfriend really didn't love you and she's having the best sex of her life. Ah, oh, these targeted ads are getting worse. Worse every year. Ah, oh, for fun of a bitch. What's it for, penis enlargement? What's it for, weight loss? And you click on it, and it's just a fucking all-inclusive week paid to fucking Disney World. They're really desperate Disney. They're hitting you where it's low. They need that 1700 bucks from you real bad. Real bad. <laughs> so I'm out about and I buy my narcotics, and I buy a giant sack of weed. And because I've bought a giant sack of weed, I need accessories to clean along with it. And I have now uh, become the kind of stoner that requires a bunch of fucking, like, oils and... I just, I hate it. I hate it. There's an old Seinfeld joke where Jerry's offered a threesome, and he doesn't have it, and his rationale for, "Ah, you gotta become an orgy guy. You gotta buy a velvet robe, you gotta buy oils, it's a whole thing. It's one of the best... I'm not a fan of Seinfeld. That joke is legitimately fucking hilarious. And so, unfortunately, I have become the orgy guy, but except with my weed. So now I'm like, okay, well, occasionally I'll have a joint, but that hurts Mr. Throaty Throat, so we can't have too many of those. So what I need instead is I have my glass tip here, and I've got vape pin number one, vape pin number two. All right, but I am going to need 70% isopropyl for that one, and I'm going to need epsom salts for that one. Also, that one's going to need its own special cloth, and that one needs paper towels. Okay, so I also need the wire brush set to go ahead and clean them both out, and then the schedule for the recharger. mm <sighs> we got a lot to do today, right? I've just, I've just become, I've just become this guy with these. Well, here's the thing: I'm getting teased in chat like you're being bougie and all that, what have you. I am not. Proper maintenance means you spend less on weed. I've never spent less on weed. I've gotten the the oils and the and the and the concentrates down to the point where I'm smoking for way less than fucking like a third of what I would have paid for flour uh, back in the day using a pipe. You got to just maintain that shit. But it is become its own drawer. I now have one drawer for tools and one drawer that I open and I look at and I say, I am a tool. And there's one drawer for each. I'm trying to tell you, I take this shit seriously. And so I buy my giant bag of narcotics, but I also need some accessories. In order to use it. And I'm like, oh, I also need, you know, my my various accoutrements, sir. And they're sold out. And I mean, I I'm like, what? I turn around because I'm like, you're sold out of what? And I look around, and they don't have any, anything, 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 anything. They literally sold every single glass pipe they had in the whole shop. They had nothing, nothing, and I didn't even notice, and I'm not even high, I'm just that happy because I have a giant bag of weed waiting for me in the car, giant bag of weed, right, they literally sold everything, so I'm calling around to different stores like, hey, uh, do you have any of my stuff, and everyone's like, no, and they're all really sad because they can just tell that I'm a sucker. They can just tell that they're like, oh, this dumb shit actually buys that shit, doesn't he? Ah, fuck. I bet he would buy that stupid shit. (laughs) Ah, he's not here. And so I'm out and about on my, on my town going to the smoke shops, going one by one, calling up the ones that'll pick up and answer, just driving by and what have you, just trying to get all of my errands done in one day. And I'm like, maybe I should just go home. I don't really need the accessories. It's okay. Everything's going to be all right. You're probably just being anxious and over-preparing and what have you. Uh, but then another side of me lately, just this whole year... And recently, it's just been like, live your fucking life. You're wearing two masks. By the way, oh, by the way, super quick on that one. I say wear two masks, and then what fucking happens over the next week if you've read the fucking news? I say that shit, and then what all of a sudden pops out all over? That was some shit. Even I was surprised by that one. I'm like, god damn, I'm never ahead of the game quite like that. That was awesome. That never happens for me. Anyway, okay. So anyway, I'm in my two masks, all right? I'm taking my vitamin D. I am vitamin D, for Christ's sakes. This virus stems no chance against me. But still, I supplement. And I say to myself, just take risks, right? Not like, don't go lick a fucking homeless person or anything, but keep going to shops. You set yourself up with a mission. You're not anxious. You have everything you need to do this, all right? Get your mission done. Then you can go home and give myself this little talk after, you know, feeling a little anxious, after feeling a little frustrated. And I stop by a little smoke shop that I've never really paid attention to before. But at this point, I'm desperate. And I stop in and I ask him what I'm looking for. And I'm not looking for the thing I'm about to tell you guys for, about. Uh, but to stop into this smoke shop, I have to take a little left turn across some busy traffic on a street that's one way each, one lane, one way each, okay? Just gotta take a little left turn in, that's all. And I put my turn signal on, I'm gonna turn in, and you can tell that this smoke shop is gonna be a mystical one. Cause I didn't know this until I'm trying to turn in and get there, but I turned my turn signal on And as I'm trying to get in there, I realize, oh, this smoke shop is literally at the front of a trailer park. And I don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, especially if you've never lived in a bad part of the world or a bad part of the country, but when I realized that this tiny little fucking bodega smoke shop was literally in the front of a trailer park, I was like, oh, I'm about, I'm about to get ready for some shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I'm not exactly shy about other cultures. I went to Asian markets in February and March of last year, you know, (laughs) if you could try and remember what it was like back when people were like, every Chinese person will kill you with their eyeballs, right? Like I'm not a kind of person who's like insensitive about uh, that. I just don't care. So I've gone to Mercado's. Alright, I have definitely bought some carcinitas in a bag that was tied up there, that came from another supermarket, and I did not turn my nose up at it whatsoever. I said, the great value. I am excited to try this. So, I am not afraid of going into a facility that perhaps might seem alien to me, uh, or as uh, as I've sung previously in the past to the tune of Gummy Bears, I'm a white male, so I have no care, right? I don't. I don't get. I don't get no shit. So I'm trying to turn into this fucking trailer park smoke shop two for oneer. <laughs> you know the trailer park that doesn't have enough money for the gas station outside the front of it. Ah, nope, nope, nope. Maybe next year, if we all pull together, we get our fees. Maybe then we can get a gas station out in front of our fucking trailer park one day. One day. And as I'm trying to turn in this guy in a giant fucking vehicle, I don't quite know what it is because I'm not a car guy, comes to the ramp that's going into the smoke shop slash trailer park, and he literally comes in halfway. Halfway in between either side. Literally halfway. Literally so that nothing else could get on uh, up or down either side. And I just very casually, because my turn signal's on, I'm trying to get across traffic, I very casually flip him off. And then I go forward, and I do a U-turn. Now here's what I discover as I'm doing the U-turn. I see him pop up right behind me where I was in traffic, like, oh, comes in, and I see that in my rear view as I'm doing my U-turn, and I get, and I turn back in. I then see him turn, and U-turn, Towards me to follow me into this parking lot, and I have to say, I've just given myself this pep talk of, well, I'm gonna go through with this mission no matter what. And then this happens less than like five, ten minutes later, and I'm like, well, here we go. And so I turn my turn signal on again, and I turn into the fucking parking lot because I've decided I guess I wanna fucking die today. Who knows? Who cares? And so I turn in, and I drive in, and the guy's right behind me, and he is in my rear view, and I can fucking see him, right? This is him about to pull back into home sweet home, i.e. the trailer park smoke shop combination lot. And I see him mad as fuck behind me, and I just flip him off again with my free hand. I've got one hand on the wheel, it's my right hand, and I just hold it up while looking at him in the mirror. I just hold it up while maintaining eye contact. I don't move my mouth. I'm I'm wearing two masks, so I don't mouth anything. Otherwise, I would have. Otherwise, I would have, fuck you. But I just hold up my middle finger. Just straight lift it, hold it up, turn the right in, move in. I wonder if he's going to follow me into the space for a second. But he realizes that that's where he just turned out of, I guess. And also maintaining eye contact with somebody flipping you off in a mirror might be a little intimidating. I don't know. I I didn't really think it through. This wasn't a thinking operation, clearly. And so I pull into my parking space, and he once again (laughs) rears around, and he gets back the direction that he was originally going. And I get out of my car with him looking at me and cursing me out, and I just keep holding the middle finger up. As I get out of my car, as I lock it, and as I walk to the smoke shop, I literally just hold my middle finger up the entire way. Now, here's where I realize I might have made a mistake. Up at this point, there's no thought that's occurred to me. But I'm just about to enter the smoke shop now with my back to it. He's driving off. The light's turned, right? I flipped this guy off for a good 20 seconds straight in front of everybody. So if he hated that I did it to him, this has got to be way worse because people are now watching. uh, Like, there's no way people aren't seeing this shit. I'm flipping her off and I'm just holding the finger up. I'm not waving it. I'm not excited. I just literally get out of my car like a goddamn psychopath, holding my middle finger already up, pointed only at him, keeping it at him, as he drives away, as I casually lock my car, boop, boop, casually put my keys and my phone away walk inside like it's just like it's an umbrella like i'm holding up a tiny little umbrella on my middle finger it is only after he drives away and i'm about to walk into the smoke shop that i realize in this parking lot there's a native american dude just washing his car and he is not really washing his car because he's watching me (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going through the act of moving a rag over of the car's body, but he is not washing that motherfucker. And I just, I look over at him. I didn't say what the other guy was, because he was maskless as well in his car, in, in the review. But I did see his fucking eyes and his fucking face going. Uh... So, you know, I, I have my middle finger up, but it's not put anywhere near him or anything. He 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 saw the whole thing. I just didn't see him. And so, uh, you know, like, like I guess I don't need this anymore. I kind of, like, put my middle finger in my pocket. You know, I, I, you know, unrelease the weapon. And I'm like, hey. And he looks at me from from washing, <laughs> from washing his car. And he goes, hey. And then I go into the smoke shop. <laughs> Because what the fuck else are you gonna do? I he's, what the fuck he does? I think he's got. I think he's got that perhaps. Perhaps this is not the time to engage others about their social mores. Not with me, not right there. Not right then. for some reason he's gotten that. So I go in and I ask about all my accessories that I need at this shitty little smoke shop where there's an actual physical cage and a slot that they open up that is too small to put a shotgun through. That's a very special slot that they have. There's lots of slots that they have in these kinds of stores that are like a little too small for weapons, but it's usually like, you know, it's usually like a melee weapon or something that they were like, you know, but this is like, ah, shit, we got to make our slot smaller. (laughs) They they stuck a gun through. Honey, we need we need a slower smart to, to pass merchandise through. <laughs> so that's the kind of place that I've just in, just uh, potentially roiled people up with. That's that's how valuable I hold my life. And so I asked this person after all of these troubles, hey, do you have a basket full of these accessories? And she doesn't even know what I'm fucking talking about. But she's like, I've got like a locker full of shit for worthless stoners. And I'm like, that's me. And so she pulls out, you know, this basket of of shit, and it's not much. I'm used to shops having entire like shelves full of the stuff that I want, and for whatever reason we're out, and so I'm not expecting anything from this basket. But she pulls it out, and it's actually got pretty much everything I need right then and there. But then I see one thing that I couldn't believe, and the only equivalent that I can give you guys is: what if you went? To like a used secondhand shop and you're just all like oh you know what while i'm here anyway i'll just check and see what they have for like appliances i'll just check and see what they have for kitchen appliances and they're like oh we've got two blenders in and then they hold up one box and it's clearly just like a bunch of like shitty chinese characters And like the box itself is all saggy, and you can tell that the cardboard's low quality. And you've never heard of the fucking brand before whatsoever. It's got like you. It's got like it literally advertises. It has like three stars from Amazon on it. That's its selling point. You look at it just as soon as you see it. Like that's a no. Fuck no. Why would you even show that to me? And then after you've seen that, your 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 expectations have been lowered, and you're ready for the one two punch. You look over, and you see the second box. Just says KitchenAid on it, and looks immaculate. And you go, uh "Yeah, I guess I'll. I guess I'm sorry. Does that second blender box say KitchenAid on it? Yeah, I, I, yeah okay. I guess I'm sorry. Does this say twenty dollars on it? Is this is this shrink wrap? Is that what I'm seeing right here? Because that's exactly what happened. What happened is. I just looked over, and she's like, she's pulling all the shit out of her fucking weed, you know, uh, sales bag that she bought. They clearly just bought like $100 worth of of weed shit to mark up 300%. And she pulls out a grinder, which is what you use to grind up flour for edibles, uh, if, if you use it for THC. And I just see through the grate, through the grimy little slot... I see what looks to be the brand name on it. I'm going, excuse me, what, what, is that? What, what does that say? Right there? And she goes, oh, this? You can just see it if you want. And she passes it to me. And it makes this sound when she passes it to me. Which is a good sound for something to make when somebody passes it to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good sound. And I look at it and I go, how much how much how much for that how much for that and she points she points to a sticker at the bottom that says 12.95 and i say yeah that's a buy yeah i'll take that as calmly as i can the lettering on the top says Sharpstone. And this motherfucker retails for fucking 65 bucks. And I was just so goddamn excited. I couldn't begin to tell you. I was just so goddamn excited. I couldn't begin after all of that. So anyways, when I'm getting back to my car, there's a guy trying to trash it. He's from the truck earlier, so I have to beat the shit out of him with my grinder. But then I get home, and I gotta tell you, it's still made out of metal, and everything's great. I just hit him right in the head with it once, but bam, sharp stone. Can't say a good enough thing no, not really, but I was questioning the whole time. I'm like, am I about to walk out to my- I'm really glad my car is still insured, because I might need that in a second, I'm realizing. <laughs> and that's the story of why Dick Cheney is still alive. That is a big callback for longtime fans of the show. That is the story of why Dick Cheney is still with us today. <laughs> 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 I can't stop fucking flipping people off. I was driving down to go and get beer. I know. I was bad. I was driving down to go and get beer because occasionally I just want my label. And this was on a different one lane road, right? One, one, one lane each way, right? And somebody drove past me in the middle of the road, literally double the speed limit. And I, at first, was just, like, irritated because, of course, it's a little, you know, anxious or whatever. The lights come by and the sound and all that. And you're like, you crazy fucker. Uh, But then the more I thought about that, the stranger of an experience it's been. Because I'm a good boy. I drive, you know, usually with both hands on the wheel. I'm going to admit, something happened somewhere in, like, I don't know, April of 2020, where I said, you're literally in a car that never goes above 35 miles per hour on roads that nobody travels on. If you use both hands at all times, I'm going to start calling you a nerd. I'm going to start giving you wedgies. Do you know what that means? You're going to have to start wearing underwear. Do you want that? (laughs) (laughs) Hey! I wipe my ass real clean, I eat a good amount of fiber every single day, and I like the way that my junk feels when it's just in the lycra alone. So, I'll do what I want. Thank you very much. I'm a little afraid for the rest of your men who can't wipe their asses. I think that's where the problem is. The fact that I have to talk about this, and then other guys say to me, what do you do about your butt? What do you do about all the pee that goes out of your leg when you're done peeing? And all I can say to both is, what? 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 Oh, you guys don't know about the pee that comes out when you're done peeing? Okay, so just like women pretend that they don't pee on their own butts. Just like women pretend that they don't pee on their own butts, and we all have to pretend that when you go to the bathroom at 2 a.m., you're not coming back with a butt that you've peed on. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. What? What's happening? No, nobody. No one's going to admit to that. Okay. So anyway, no one's apparently no woman's going to admit to it that that happens. <laughs> that at least occasionally occurs. <laughs> Just like that. Apparently, most men will get done peeing, and then they will tuck their penis away, and then a few drips will come out. And this is standard. This is standard issue. Min will tell me up and down this is standard And I have to say, when Min tell me this, I do remember that happening to me when I was nine. When I was nine, I remember that happening. <laughs> so there's this... Oh, boy, we're going strange places tonight. I need to get super high before every live show. So there's this muscle group that connects the tip of your penis to your anus, and it goes all the way through. It's one muscle group, and it goes all the way through. It starts at your butt, and it goes all the way to your dick tip. I call it the bojo because it's nothing but dick and ass moving. Nothing? Alright, that was... Life is hard without Trump. When you're a comedian. You know? Same fucking setup, same joke, same punchline, just bojo with Trump. Everybody gets a laugh. You know? Pity the set. You know, it's just not easy. He was just here. He was just causing all kinds of problems. Now he's gone. I screamed about him for four years. But now that he's gone and I can't use him as just the eternal punchline, it's like a dog who hates the mailman. But then the mailman doesn't show up for a couple of days, and the dog doesn't know what to fucking do with themselves. (laughs) Just two, three hours a day, like, come on! This defines me! Against you is who I am! (laughs) So there's this muscle group that goes all the way from the tip of your butt to the tip of your penis if you're a man. And I guess that other guys don't use it. This is like the this is like the male version of Kegels. Uh that if you flex that muscle group, you gain better control over your urinary tract and your orgasm control and know better erections and better bowel move all the whole thing if you if you if you flex them uh you got you you gals can't do it because you don't have a prostate uh but because we have a prostate we can flex the whole thing and a penis i guess that's i guess the penis is important in the in the tip of the penis to the anus muscle group when talking about differences between male and women uh not not uh obviously not a doctor didn't didn't major in anatomy you could probably work that one out so far Uh, but what you can do is if you're a man, you can kind of, you can like men know that the prostate feels good. And so they'll like tense and release their prostate, but you can do the whole group. And so what I, I think the difference is, is that because I know that muscle group a little bit better, like I just keep peeing. I think they just stop peeing and they're like, well, I guess that's that. Cause there's no way that there's any recess or like any kind of valley inside my body. Obviously I am just made of one solid thing of muscle that eats steak. And shit's good ideas. Like, I guess that's what other men think. But, like, if you, like, if you just, you just gotta push it out a little bit, and then you don't pee on your leg! And then you don't pee on your leg. For years. For your whole life, apparently, telling other men how it's okay to pee on your leg. And that have different names for it. (laughs) The other thing is, I will wipe my dickhead. You're welcome. You're welcome. Not when I'm alone, not alone in a relationship. Uh and the exact same way you don't trim your fucking pubes every day when you're single for months on end. Uh I I don't, I don't do that shit. Uh but when I'm with a with a with a relationship or I'm with a woman, I just think it's common courtesy perhaps. I'm not even expecting a blowjob right now. It's 2.37 on a Tuesday. For crying out loud. But just out of respect for the woman who might give me one, one day again, I think it's probably better if you just, real quick, you're washing up anyway. You're washing up anyway. You just put a little water. No, not the possibility. There's no possibility. Just out of respect. Just, you know what? She gave me a blowjob just Sunday. (laughs) Men do not wipe their penises. They literally get done urinating enough, and then they just throw it back in. (laughs) You guys didn't know this? Oh, I'm so sorry for all the women who didn't know this, and I'm breaking some hearts. Alexandra Skarsgård gets done pissing, tosses it around a couple of times, slinks that bad boy back on in. Can you blame him how big and heavy it is? You can't expect him to fucking carry that thing to the sink and back. Jesus Christ, how big would his arms be if he did? If Alexander Skarsgård washed his dick, you could tell by the size of his biceps. There you go. I made him sexy, and I insulted him at the same time. So I washed my dick. You wash your hands anyway. Nobody else is using the sink. So I washed my dick. Uh Uh-oh, this is causing a real stir. Why wouldn't I wash my dick? Why don't other men wash their dicks? Just the head, just after you're done urinating, just real quick, right before you put the, the soapy on the hands, wash your dick. The Old Spice Guy, I can almost guarantee you, pissed and then shoved it right in his hands. I'm just telling you. Whatever guy you're attracted to. I've been around a lot of men. I can guarantee you they don't wash that shit. <laughs> yes, yes, the Old Spice guy. Who I guess I'm still using as a sexual... as a sec- I don't know why. I was just jealous of that motherfucker like you wouldn't believe back when he was popular. Ugh. <laughs> Hey, I'm actually clever and witty. He's got writers. This isn't fair. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing about the Old Spice guy is that he was so sexy and he was everywhere and then he started doing interviews and then he wasn't. And that's kind of a cruel thing to say, but once again, I was jealous as fuck, so I'm being petty. I'm just going to say, once women could see that guy in real time, suddenly he wasn't as attracted to them. Ha ha! Take that, Isaac Mustafa, whatever the fuck your name was. I think it was Isaac Mustafa. Was it Isaac Mustafa? I'm horrible with names, and that name has popped up immediately. That's definitely somebody's name. Isaiah. Thank you. He was actually very cool. I just want to say, okay, I have definitely pissed women off with that one. Saying Isaiah didn't wash his dick. I'm sorry. Isaiah washed his dick. He had cocoa butter that he would put on afterwards. Whole thing. You have no idea. He was perfect in every way. He didn't just look that good. He didn't just sound that good. He was that good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult two of your boyfriends, Alexander Skarsgård and Isaiah for his name. is. How did I know his name before I learned his name and then I forget his name? I'm so fucking bad with names. I did that exact same thing with Pete Townsend. (laughs) Shit. Where was I? I kind of feel like if a man's a surfer, that he does not wash his dick. That's fair. If a man's a surfer, there's probably very little dick washing. There's probably a there's probably a big overlap with the seawater gets it. <laughs> I once saw a thing where it was like men in the shower and it was like orange zones is where they wash entirely and then like yellow zones are where they wash a little and then green is where the water cleans it for you. And I and, like, the red zone was, like, all over the crotch for most guys. And that's when I realized that I was different than most dudes because that's definitely where I just let the water hit in the shower. The shower's not going to clean your dick for you. Your your dick stays clean outside the shower. So that's, like, the red zones for me is the armpits. It's, any, it's anywhere that gets really smelly. That's where I really soap and scrub for 15 seconds or so. That's where I, like, really clean. And then, like, anything else... You know, uh, I pretty much let the water fucking hit, quite frankly. Now, here's the thing before you get on me about this. Ladies, I've been with some persnickety women. And absolutely none of them thought that I had any kind of funk going on. Because I'm down clean. But I did grow up kind of hippie and naturalist. So I scrubbed the shit out of a couple areas and I leave the rest alone. And there are all kinds of dermatologists out there who say that you're over-soaping your skin. You're doing it to yourselves. Just saying. There's all kinds of so a lot of skin doctors out there have been making the case that you that you're having to treat your skin because of how you're treating your skin. Just gonna say. Uh and so like, um here's a funny thing about 2020. I didn't know how soap worked last year. Now hold on. I know that soap worked. But I didn't know how no one I never questioned it. Right? You're not very far along in the human experience. Uh, when people start yelling at you to put soap on your hands. <laughs> you don't get very far along the whole, like, why are we doing what we're doing here before someone's yelling at you to soap your stupid fucking hands up. And so I never really question it. Just soap, soap goes on hands. Soap and water goes on hands. Makes you less sick. Okay. And so... uh, it was actually this big surprise for me. There's like, well, actually, at a molecular level, what you do is the soap, it, uh, it actually screws apart the, the, the inside. The other way. I thought, that's crazy. I never knew that. It, it, it literally screws apart pathogens. I had no fucking clue. Since I learned that, since I'm talking about my bathing habits right now, uh, the way that I used to wash my armpits in the shower was that I would put soap on and I would scrub. But now. Now that I know that it's the fucking circular motion like a karate kid shit, I put soap on both hands, I stick both hands, I gotta be efficient, man. You gotta be efficient in this world. Stick both hands under both armpits at once, and then for 20 consecutive seconds, I just, ah, both at once. Why 1,000? 2,000? Oh, that fucking, ah! After the workout, and I just scrubbed the shit out of them with both hands at once. 20 full fucking seconds. And I'm gonna tell you something. I smell my own armpits all the time since I've switched to this new regime, and it is fucking fantastic. It just smells like a little bit of, like, musky hair. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'd fuck that. I am that, and I'd fuck that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the circular motion gets rid of all them little fucking nasty little parasites and molecules and pathogens and all those other little smelly smells. Everyone smells their own pits, was the question put before we get into the sexiness. However, I am aghast to find out that everyone thinks that everyone smells their own farts. I am aghast to find that one out. Because apparently people who smell their own farts think everybody's smelling their own farts. And they think that we're all just lying about it when we say, what the fuck is wrong with you? So take a deep breath if you're one of the ones who smells their own farts unless you just farted cuz I I just I'm going to ask you real quick this isn't like looking at your poo all right there's a re- there's a reason you and your dogs both do that there's a biolog, there's a I I know you're thinking like why would I check I know it happened I felt it no, there's a reason. You're looking You're looking for the color, you're looking for the shape, you're looking for the texture. There's uh, all ma- pretty much all mammals poop and then look at the poop and then go on with their little day. Uh, we don't really know what we're examining it for, what we're going to do if we find it. But something tells us to go ahead and look at it. Anyway, that way we can still conceal the zombie bite, but now we know we have it. All right. And so, like, there's like, there's a compulsion to look at your poo. That's, that's one thing. You look at your poo... La- sexy, sexy fucking show. The sexiest show on the internet. You look at your own poo, ladies. That's fine. I am going to say, what are you sniffing your own fart for? Have you ever asked yourself? Have you ever brought it to mind? Since, since I've now been several times brought to the crucible of, yes, you smell your own farts and now been forced to like sit at that crossroads like okay okay you want me to smell my own farts and you call me a liar if i don't okay okay what's it for what's it for what are you doing what are you saying that i'm lying about not doing you're saying i'm lying about not smelling my farts what am i not doing by not doing that by lying to you why am i okay okay not everything needs a reason but this one does if you're going to defend the fact that you smell your farts and other people should as well. This isn't, I smell my faults and I can't stop. Because that's the person I respect. There's someone I understand. Friend, I get you. I feel the same way about card games. I don't know what I do it for. I really fucking don't. Every single time I get done with it and I'm like, what was it all for? What was the fucking point? What am I doing with my life? I get you. All right? We all have that. But, deep down. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. If you really need to check your thoughts for that kind of, like, consistency or what have you, just get a pet. They'll tell you. <laughs> you fought bad enough, they'll leave the room. <laughs> Doesn't happen often. That's how you know it's time to call the doctor. sexiest show on the internet. I'm going to talk about fraud jokes and dead butts being peed on at live shows. The only thing that can make this weird to me is, is saying to the people, like, and thank you for paying the ticket price. Like, that's the only thing that could make this transition weirder for me. After talking about everything I just did at the beginning of the show, is be like, and thank you for coming out. <laughs> Let's start the show. <laughs> I appreciate you all. Hey, everybody, remember to go ahead and recommend my podcast to any woman out there who's feeling lonely and could use a little bit more sex in her life. Thank you very much. Appreciate all the girls who out there who took time this week to review the podcast it was the sexiest thing that they ever heard. Okay, where was I? That's right, that's right. All right, I took that bit too far. Damn. Here we go. How much delight before we collapse? How much earth in the lungs? How much wine? When we want more, when the weeds sprawl, it is not what you think. Think how fast some landscapes change. The lover the gardener's grand idea, the failing maple, the boat about to capsize, the correction, the hand's reflection, the impossible replication of weight versus time, how it will never mean what you want. The Impossible Replication of Desire Lee Herrick <clears throat> she goes out to hang the wind chime in her nightie in her work boots. It's 6.30 in the morning, and she's standing on the plastic ice chest, tiptoe to reach the crossbeam of the porch, wind chime in her left hand, hammer in her right. The nail gripped tight between her teeth, but nothing happened next because she's trying to figure out how to switch one with three. She must have been standing in the kitchen coffee in hand asleep when she heard it, the wind blowing through the sound of the wind chime wasn't making, because it wasn't there. No one, including me, especially any more believes till death do us part, but I can see what I would miss in leaving. The way her ankles go into the work boots as she stands upon the ice chest, the problem scrunched into her forehead, the little kissable mouth with the nail in it. Wind chime. Tony Hoogland. <clears throat> you can tell by how he lists to let her kiss him that the getting as he gets it is good. It's good in the sweety salty, deeply thirsty way that a sea fogged rain is good after a sunset long bout of inland drought. And you know it when you see it, don't you? How the drenches what's dry, how the having of it quenches. There is a grassy inlet where you. I'm sorry. There is a grassy inlet where your ocean meets your land, a slip that needs a certain kind of vessel and when that shapely skiff skims at the least, trimmed bright, massed leafly flagging left and right, then the long, lush reeds of your longing part, the soft against the hole that bent wood almost imperceptibly brushes a luscious hush, the heart heeds helplessly, the hush of the very good. Todd Boss, The Hush of the Very Good Body, remember not only how much you were loved, not only how the beds on which you lay, but also those desires which for you plainly glowed in the eyes and trembled in the voice, and some chance obstacle made them futile. Now that all belongs to the past, it is almost as if you had yielded to those desires too. Remember how they glowed, in the eyes looking at you, how they trembled in the voice for you, remember body. Constantine, Kafafe. oh my god, Kafafi, whoops, remember body, that would be Constantine K-A-C-A-V-A-F-Y, woof, that name does not want to play well with my dyslexia at all. <clears throat> Once again, I look out your window, and the world looks oddly different. Maybe the fields have blossomed, or perhaps more stars have been born. Delirious waves of caress my feet. Something new unknown. Sunset whispers in my ear as well. Everywhere I find your odor, your shape. You are among old-growth pines, in the fog along the coastal rocks, around the most somber of afternoons. Impossible to wipe away your job from my eyes, from my sad mouth. You are the universe made flesh. Dark Love, number 12, by Francisco Alacron. Or uh, Alacron, maybe? Francisco Alacron. Yeah, quick quotes. Why not? Thank you, Kelly. Okay. When the day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We brave the belly of the beast, we learn the quiet isn't always peace, and the norms and notions of just what is isn't always justice and yet the dawn is ours before we knew it, somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country, in the time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union. That is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gaze, not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so that we can reach our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that ever as we grieved, we grew that ever as we hurt, we hoped, that ever as we tired, we tried, that we'll forever be tied together, victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit upon their own vine and fig tree, and none shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promise to glade the hill we climb. If only we dare, it's because being American is more than pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded, but while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated in its truth. In this faith, we trust for a while. We have our eyes on the future. History has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it in its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a te- terrifying hour. But within it, we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could it possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail? over us. We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be a country that is bruised, but whole benevolence, but bold and fierce and free. We will never be turned around or interrupted or intimidated because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright, so let us leave behind a country better than the one we are left. With every breath, my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed halls of the West. We will rise from the windswept Northeast where our forefathers first realized the revolution. We will realize from the wake- We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of our middle western states. We will arise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover every known nook of our nation and every corner called our country. Our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge, battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step into the shade of flame and, unafraid, the new dawn balloons as we free it, for there was always light." If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. The hills we climb, Amanda Gormand, And while I don't want the person who suggested that to feel bad, all I can say is... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we're we're eight days. Would nine days pass that? Would ten days pass that point? I feel like there's probably a different mood going on in the country right now. But all right, somebody wants to put a political thing in there. That's fine. That's okay. <sighs> Just give me a second to recalibrate. Our country. What I wouldn't give for Americans to not need to tell this narrative about ourselves and to not be so stuck up our own ass where everything is the beginning or end of the fucking world and everything's not going to get immediately better or worse because somebody agrees or disagrees with a decision. What I wouldn't give for the narrative to not be light or darkness, eternal growth or eternal despair. Alas, that is not my country. And so if you listen to that from outside, and you know an American, all I can say is, hug an American. <laughs> Find the Americans who are like, uh, who just want to make things like better and don't want to call everything forces of darkness. <sighs> who don't want to talk about how like, hey, America got an election wrong, so I guess the world's going to be destroyed. Because I mean, just like, there's a lot of Brits who kind of feel like they keep getting elections wrong. And I've not heard a single one of them be all like, And as soon as we get a Labour leader back in place, I'll tell you, England shall be rising, and like the flag, and the glory, and the light, and all the things of the Union Jack shall come together, and we- I've not heard it. (laughs) And I know I can be pretty politically fucking powerful, and I probably agree with Melanda's politics pretty good, but she's going to be giving another speech before the Super Bowl. And as soon as I heard that she's gonna be giving a speech in front of the Super Bowl after this last one, that took every bit of wind out of my sails from that line. because I was actually really inspired by that poem at the inauguration, like a lot of people. And then you follow that up with the fucking Super Bowl Super Spreader event. I don't understand this country. I don't understand this country at all. I don't. I thought we just talked about how much we loved each other. We loved life. Don't have the Super Bowl. Don't go. Don't. What are you doing? Okay, so I guess all the people that will be there for tomorrow, that's after the Super Bowl kills those people off, I guess? Not those people, obviously. And we shall be there together. All those except who can't go have McDonald's or Starbucks. You know, the essential workers. Ah, no, I hope not, because here I am. Like, This is a really great poem and i think it's actually really great that biden like chose her i'm not going to get into it because apparently if you talk about it too much people think you're a, you're a trump supporter but i lived through super criminal i remember when that was the nightly news and so for biden to choose a young black woman to go from super criminal to choosing a young black woman who who says something really upbeat like that and talking about you know e pluribus unum uh I get I get that, and I was upswold by the debate. But then I'll read a news story 72 hours later where it's all like, oh, Dr. Fauci says if you send school children back to school, everybody dies. And everyone's all like, send them back! <laughs> Let's go! I'm so tired of them. I'm so tired of this country. So a lot of people, uh, I, you know, like last week I said over and over again, don't be political, but someone snuck this on this one, and this is exactly what I would do in a live show. Uh, for all of you out there, Who are feeling the opposite of rah-rah, even if you're left of center, even if you think Biden's doing a better job, even if you're like me and you have my politics, that, you know, you really want things to get better and 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 you really think that probably on, on on an institutional level with Biden things are, but you don't feel any kind of hope or any kind of encouragement, or if you're looking around at the way things have been shaping up for the first month of this year, and you're like me, just like this is this is just republicanism. I don't care what anybody says. I know what Republicans do day in and day out, and this is what they fucking do. If you're if you're one of those like me, and you hear that speech, and you're hearing all the handholding, uh, real quick, there was this doctor that I loved throughout 2020. He's from Houston. So he's a Texas man, and he's a doctor, and I like him. What? How the fuck did that all come together? Here's how. He spent the first four months of 2020 talking about COVID, In the most dispassionate, but biggest scary ways as possible. Back when Fauci saying maybe we'll hit 100,000 deaths in America, this guy is very, very placidly, very, very non doomsayingly saying, if we keep going this way, we'll hit a quarter million. We'll hit a quarter million in this year. And he was very, very neutral. He went on MSNBC. He went on Fox News. And for the first four or five months of 2020, really congenial, really, really patient. And then sometime late April, early May, he realized that the Trump administration was full of fucking shit, that literally everything that they were doing was wrong and it was bad. And he went to war. And he's this very congenial guy. I'll, I'll, I'm bad with names, so I'll, I'll link him up afterwards since I'm citing him. Uh, but he, he went to war with the Trump administration in a way that few doctors A few medical reporters did, calling them out daily, going on news reporters, booking himself, whatever he could do, uh, just just trying to get people to pay attention to things that would have really changed COVID delivery in this country. And as you can imagine, he got booked a lot because all he would do for, you know, three to 10 minutes straight, however long you'd book him uh, on a video show, is talk shit about Trump. Thank, pretty pretty great gig to have. I know. I had it in 2020. It's fantastic. So uh, anyway, I don't know if you've heard this, but this inauguration thing kind of happened. And I was just reading this uh, report from the doctor. And wouldn't you know it, but he's now talking about how it's very hard to get booked. Because now he's talking a lot of shit about Biden and Biden's plan. And how he's got a lot of emails from other doctors saying that he needs to be quiet now because their guy is there. And yeah, the vaccine plan hasn't changed at all. But the important thing is to get vaccine in people's arms. So shh, stop talking about lockdowns. And stop talking about vaccine efficacy. That was okay back when it was the other guy. But now it's not. Now it's our guy. So you need to stop. And I got to say, having reading that, that's exactly what's happening right now. I know that I'm supposed to read that poem and say, yippee, America. And all I can say to Ms. Gorman is two things. One, she's an incredible talent. I don't think she could possibly give a shit about me. Her success is off the radar right now. She's an incredible talent. But two, I am tired of the War of 1812. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of every American all the time thinking that it's all this shit. This fl- just 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 we're so incompetent with ourselves and this is me talking about it, I know, but really, as somebody who thinks that America is about to screw it up for the world with this virus because of how we're handling it and how we're teaching other countries with less medical resources to handle it. I can't stand it! I can't stand all the people who were telling me that America sucked for four years suddenly fucking rah-rah-rah about it! What the fuck happened to you people? You like that the contest beauty winner was on your side? I don't understand my countrymen, and I never will. I never will. I'm too far to the left. I'm too different. I've been warped. Doesn't matter how bougie I get. It doesn't matter how like nice my groceries get. I uh, I don't like what I read in the paper. <laughs> it, they keep telling me it's gonna affect me. They keep telling me I'm gonna hit some level of like age or money, or, like, you know, getting blowjobs per week, and then I'm not going to keep caring about all the shit that I've just never stopped screaming about. But so far. Uh, Another real quick thing is I talked about it uh, last week, and I don't talk about my personal life all that much, but I do tell stories about myself. And, you know, I'm 39, and I've never been married, and I've never uh, had a kid. and, And much more importantly than this... I say yes a lot. Like when an opportunity comes along, I, I'm pretty keen on saying yes unless I, unless I have a bad feeling. I'm pretty open. You might not think that that works out that great with PTSD, but it's kind of the opposite. When you have PTSD and you limit yourself and you kind of limit your own your own your own uh, social climbing and, and your own networks, when an opportunity comes that way, you you learn to accept it. You learn that people don't really offer you things all that much. And so if I have a good feeling, I've done it. I've said yes to a lot of things. I've ended up on a lot of weird websites or a lot of weird conversations or the back of a lot of alternate papers and just said, sure, why not? And so last week I talked about uh, something political and something that was important to me. And I'm going to talk about it again real quick because I was so fucking high last week. And that is... Since the AMA has passed, the American Medical Act has passed, many times in many states, but also in the capital, people in wheelchairs have gone to protest particular bills, and not just wheelchairs, but that's what always gets on the news, gone to to protest particular uh, bills with signs that say, like, if you pass this, you kill us. I I brought this up last week. I want to try and frame it just a little bit better. And the reason why they're showing up at these state houses or these legislative houses at that time is because they have made the decision to cast those votes on that day. And this is an attempt to embarrass that process. It's usually not the day of the vote that matters. It's usually like a procedural or something that gets up. To it's usually not the day of the signing or the day of the passage that you try and do this, but sometimes that's when the news is and that's when you do it. And I really can't imagine hardly any, if any of all of my fans, would be against this. The idea that in America, especially if you're from another country, that somebody like in a, in a wheelchair would have you, would put their physical body in front of protesters to, to make them see them and move them and embarrass them and, and potentially try and shock them to, to uh, save their own lives, literally. To keep the medical care, to keep the bills going, that'll, that'll keep their lives going, uh, quite literally, but sometimes figuratively, because otherwise they'll drown in debt. Yeah. I don't really think a lot of my fans would be against that. But putting the story out there the way that I did, because I involved myself in it, I got some pushback. And I just want to say what it's like being someone like me right now, because this isn't an oh, pity me. But this is a maybe remember the human because uh, I'm really trying to swing it in 2020, 2021. Whoops. forgot what year it was. I'm mentioning 2020 like last year, the whole time through. It's 2021. I need to pay my rent. I'm just kidding. I, uh, I talked about it myself and putting myself out there and putting myself on that kind of political dais. and the reason why i did it with the frustration that i did talking about the system that's there all around me is because i couldn't take it anymore i'm not some i'm not some great person i'm really not i'm very selfish and i'm incredibly lazy but sometimes i just can't take it anymore sometimes i just get to a point where if the only thing I have is my big, dumb body, then take my big, dumb body. <laughs> and and right now, honestly, when I look around, I, I'm so sorry if this is hard for you guys out of nowhere. Uh, but my heart aches because I don't think my country can get better until it removes this little jagged piece of thought from its head that tells it that it's the most special wonderful country made by the special most wonderful people who ever lived and every single time I come across it I don't I I don't like it (laughs) and I just did in that poem because again all day every day countries are making shitty electoral choices but you don't hear national conversations on the other side of that about how the sun will set and never rise again. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how we do this over and over again. And all I can say is, if you think the sun's rising right now, and you think things, if you think the opposite of me, you think things are about to get way, way better, uh, that's great. Good for you. If You are, however, saying that just because you can't imagine, like, what what do you mean two or three more years of of worse? Things can't get worse for another two or three years. If, like, that thought just can't even enter your head, okay, that's fair. That's fine. But the rest of us who are talking about our experiences and the things that we've done, when we've lost it, when we needed to take action, when we got pushed to a point, you got to give it to us. If there's anything... That I, who am not racially the most sensitive or aware man in the world, uh, can tell you guys about giving myself over to, to letting Black Lives Matter uh, speakers you know, affect me and challenge me and what have you, which is not easy for me. Uh, it's that when somebody is motivated to that level of emotional discourse or to the point that they're organizing and, 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 and jostling and going places where change can be affected, listen to them. Just listen to them. You really don't have to agree, commiseration, listening, letting another viewpoint affecting you is actually really wonderful, especially if you think things are hard right now. Just letting that happen is pretty great. And so from here, you're going to keep getting this viewpoint from me, I'm so sorry to say. I'm going to keep saying no politics and then political stuff's going to keep popping up. I'm going to keep trying to keep the political thing on down low. But as I try and stay positive, I want you to know, all this is on the shoulders. I kind of came into 2021 going, my country sucks and is going to get worse throughout this year. And boy, am I prepared to be proven wrong. But you know what's not helping me a whole lot about that? Like, apparently people using their stimulus checks to game fucking stocks that makes hedge funds. Apparently band together in a trade federacy, which makes the government come down on various agencies, which makes Elon Musk apparently the good guy for the day. Three weeks after the wrong people went to the wrong house and said check in the wrong game of chess. I guess. (laughs) None of, none, of, none of what I'm looking at right now is telling me this country is uh, rolling towards something that I think is going to be great. And by the way, I actually do have Dogecoin. Just in case, just in case that starts popping up in the headlines, Daddy actually did mine Dogecoins back in the day. And he kind of can't believe that that's happening. And by and by, I'm not going to touch the Doge. No matter how much it gets valued, because that's cursed money. I believe that if I cash in my doge, much money, e-wallet, that that will destroy the world. I do. That's cursed money. Do you understand what's happening? Everybody else is rubbing the fucking genie's lap. The genie pops out with horns like, yes, I'll give you any number of wishes you want. And everyone's all like, cool. I thought it was just three. Neat. Nothing weird about this. Let's see. I wish for more wishes. Ha ha ha! Always promised myself I'd do that one first. <laughs> do you want me to shut up and go back to poetry though? Almost certainly. And think up quick quotes and just be the nice sexy voice and start talking. Yeah, would that be nice? <clears throat> I think I can even do a better transition than that. Hey, you didn't come here for this. I didn't come here for this. I didn't think I was going to get on that speech, but goddammit. I just got inaugurated twice in ten days. I didn't want to go to the first one. (laughs) I was Bernie Sandersing my whole way through the last one, and then I had to read the second one. Take... O take those lips away That so sweetly were forsworn And those eyes, like break of day, Lights that do mislead the morn. But my kisses bring again seals of love Through sealed-in vain. Hide, O hide those hills of snow Which thy frozen bosom bears, On whose tops of pinks that grow are of those that April wears, but first set my poor heart free, bound in those icy chains by thee. Take, oh take, those lips away, John Fletcher. <clears throat> Coming together, it is easier to work after our bodies meet, pen and paper. Neither care for profit, whether we write or not, but as your body moves under my hands, charged and waiting, we cut the leash. You create me against your thighs, hilly with images, moving through our word countries. My body rise into your flesh, the poem you make of me. Touching you, I catch midnight as moon fires set in my throat. I love your flesh into blossom. I made you, and take you made, into me. Recreation, Audre Lord. <clears throat> and all her face was honey to my mouth, and all her body pasture to mine eyes the long lithe arms, the hotter hands than fire, the quivering flanks, hair-smelling of the south, the bright, light feet, the splendid, supple thighs, the glittering eyelids of my soul's desire. Love and Sleep Algernon Charles Swinburne. Okay, we've got two more. Where does such tenderness come from? These curls that I stroke with my hand aren't my first that I've stroked, and I knew lips that were darker than yours. Stars rose in my sky and faded. Where does such tenderness come from? And glowing eyes also rose and faded right next to my own two eyes, and I know to listen to greater hymns in complete darkness at night, betrothed, O tenderness, on the chest of the singer himself. Where does such tenderness come from, and what do I do with it, you sly, adolescent, vagabond singer, whose eyelashes couldn't be longer? Where does this tenderness come from? Marina Sletvana. Ooh, ooh, that was definitely not correct. Marina Sativa. T S V E T A E V A. Sativa is what I'm going to go with. Okay. Yes, yours, my love, is the right human face. I, in my mind, had waited for this long, seeking the false, searching for the true, and then found you as a traveler finds a place of welcome suddenly, amid the wrong valleys and rocks and twisting roads. But you... What shall I call you? A fountain in a waste, a well of water in a country, dry, or anything that's honest and good, an eye that makes the whole world bright, your open heart, simple with giving, gives the primal deed. The first good world, the blossom, the blowing seed, the hearth, the steadfast land, the wandering sea, not beautiful or rare in every part but like yourself, as they were meant to be. The Confirmation, Edwin Murr. If you're here and you have a quick quote, let it on out. Oh, that's the perfect time. Go ahead and type them on out. I actually lied to you. At Terra today, in this fateful hour, I place all heaven with its power and the sun with its brightness and the snow with its whiteness and fire with all the strength it hath and lightning with all its rapid wrath and the winds and their swift swiftness along their path and the sea with its deepness and the rocks with their steepness and the earth with its starkness. All these I place by God's almighty help and grace between myself and the powers of darkness. St. Patrick's Rune, unknown authorship. These are quick quotes. If you're here and you put in quotations, I say it. You look so beautiful, baby girl, now come here so daddy can play with you. Treat my baby girl really well this weekend, yeah? She deserves it. Maybe steps, darlin Deep breath. You're doing well. Darlin, I can't wait to find out what makes you tick. You're doing good. Keep it up. Come here. And grind yourself on Daddy's thigh, baby girl. You've been working so hard. Come here, sweetheart. Sit on Daddy's lap and relax. Everything is going to be all right, princess. I am so very happy to hear that you're sticking with your goals. Daddy is very proud of you. You made it, Elena. Daddy's so happy to see you again. Hey there, my little lightning bug. Come here and shove those tits in my face. This is probably going to be a disaster after the singing, but... (laughs) You hear those pops? Oh, the muscles are just too strong Here we go <sniffs> All right, we're going to do one more, just one more. You always got to take one, you got, you got to just take one little, you got to just take one little leap, one little running start. take one more. Here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> Ah, got off track yeah yeah I can put a little bit more power behind it these days that's right Ali says imagine that on your clit but it would hurt uh, these days but what I can do is I can put the vibration right uh, right like a flat like I could put the tongue flat against you and then I can make it vibrate so there you go that I can do that's what it sounds like. With my tongue actually out and jackhammering, in case you don't believe I can actually do that, here's the tongue out and actually vibrating, which is quite the crowd pleaser, I have to say. Uh, you know, cr- crowd of one. Now, I admit, that doesn't sound like much. You're not, you're not going to hear that and be like, that's fantastic. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it does the job. You place it down, you get the little, like a lot of guys want to do the bridge of the tongue. No, not 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 the very tip, not the very, you want to, you want to get down the crease. You want to push the crease down against a woman's pussy and then lift the tongue like that. Yeah. Like that. That's how, that's how you do it. All you girls who can roll your hars. All you girls who say arroyo. Orojo. You know? That's what you gotta do. Orojo. Same thing. Then you just bam. And you just apply it to the goddamn. Yeah? You know? <laughs> Use us at the same time. Use me and the vibrator at the same time. We go together uh, quite well. Sex toy positive. Any of you ever seen the Amy Schumer uh, sketch that's 20 minutes long in black and white where she has to defend her her sexuality against 12 men? <laughs> it's 12 angry men inside Amy Schumer. It's actually hilarious. Uh, uh, it's 12 men debating if she's hot or not uh, for 20 straight minutes around a table. She's not in it. She's not there. It's making fun of the movie 12 Angry Men. Uh, And at one point, one of the guys—it's fucking hilarious—one of the guys talks about, like, like, how am I supposed to pleasure my wife when she uses this? And he pulls out his sex toy, and it's, like, a pretty standard sex toy. But, like, it's clear that he and the other men are intimidated as fuck by it. (laughs) That, like, just this, like, seven-inch dildo is, like, blowing their minds, and, like, one of them calls it, like, a midget's leg you know they have all kinds of horrible names for this 7 inch sex toy that's like blowing it's like blowing their minds and like if a woman uses that she's can she can't be funny anymore look at her she's a whore and then one of the guys goes i can still capable of maintaining erections and sometimes i use a sex toy on my wife and all the other 11 men go what oh god oh what oh. <laughs> the whole fucking 20 minutes is like that too and what size was marilyn monroe a size eight two sizes larger than amy schumer stuff like that it's very fun like you know confessions about that and it's it's very very good you even if you're not an amy schumer fan that one in the friday Night Light sketch are both like classics with me. Both pinnacles. Oh, boy, have we talked a lot and not done a lot of fucking shit. I was going to read a love letter, but fuck that. You can go ahead and give me a love letter next week. Apparently I yelled about politics and stuff too long. I'm sorry, couldn't sing. That's going to be confusing because I'm going to make Ellie take the singing out. But I couldn't do it, so I didn't really. I couldn't dig it anymore! I just had to get away. The grind and stress of my job were driving me crazy, and I was more than overdue for a vacation since I had just broken up with my live-in boyfriend and my best gal pal had just returned from a vacation down south. I knew I had to leave by myself. But that was okay. I thought it would actually probably be better because I felt like I needed to meet new people and not have the stress of worrying how whoever would accompany me on the trip would react or judge me. So I asked myself... Where do you want to go, Jill? Or more to the point, what kind of guy are you hoping to meet on this trip? And after thinking over for a few minutes, I went to my travel agent's website and booked a trip to Hawaii. Fruity drinks and sexy guys? Yep. That's what I needed. I hopped on the plane before I even had time to think. The flight was so long and boring, but that was all worth it just to see the view while we descended. It was a lush landscape full of palm trees, blue water, dormant volcanoes, and as we touched down, a man greeted me at the gate. <laughs> Miss Robbins? No dialogue tag, so I'm not going to read it that way. Yes, that's me. How did I know? I asked. You've been selected for an all-expense-paid VIP trip. Uh-oh. It's a promotion my company is having. You could use everything we offer as you wish. Even me. <laughs> At first, obviously, I thought it was just a hoax. It was just too good to be true, right? So I played along, but kept my foot on the brake pedal. <laughs> Wait, he's in the car? Oh shit, lady, don't leave him in the car, please. Call me Jill, I said. <laughs> oh bitch, you wanna die? I'm so sorry. I don't like using that word, but bitch, you're about to be on a podcast of a different sort. I swear to Christ, fucking get it together. <laughs> After all, he no doubt already knew that I wanted to sound friendly. If this was a hoax, the best way to uncover it was to play along, right? The man, <laughs> the man smiled. Ni- oh, no. 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 Don't agree with that right at all. No. After all, no doubt he already knew that I wanted to. S- oh, no. So sorry. Uh The man smiled nicely and, dare I say, sexually before repeating, Jill. Do you mind telling me what company you're with and what the catch is? The man chuckled, somewhat embarrassed. Clearly, this was not his first time as game or contest or hoax or whatever was happening, and this was clearly the part that he had to get around. My name is Reg, he lied. All will be revealed when we will have reached the resort. I just don't feel like, if somebody says their name is Reg or Regis or whatever, lie. Lie! Lie! lie. Her name was Eugene. I felt that it was definitely some sort of G-up. I don't know what a G-up is. Reg, you'll need to give me a little bit more information before I get into the limbo with you. Reg, I still didn't know if this was his real name. Oh, she's smarter than I thought. But I guess I had to go along. Explained to me that since I had opted to fill out the optional survey after completing the documentation for my booking for my Hawaii trip, my survey answers had ended up being the winning combination and had made me win this package. I don't think that's how surveys work. Completely taken aback and shocked as hell, I tried. How did I feel about the fondue? I bet they want me to say seven. Completely taken aback and shocked as hell, I tried to act as natural as possible and not too concerned at what I had just been told. Well then, Reg, let's get this party started. I still wasn't completely convinced, but I really wanted to unwind and make the most of this trip. After all, I had come to Hawaii to stress out and worry. I had plenty of time back home to do that and at work. Sitting with my head facing the window, I had no fucking idea what I had just gotten myself into. The survey was a sex-based survey! (laughs) Asking the most kinky and sexual questions, and I had answered the most kinky and sexual answers. My answers described me as a sexual diva, the first quotation marks to appear. (laughs) At least, that was the category I fit in when they compiled my answers, but hey... I was fooling around. The only sex I was used to having was mundane, predictable, boring sex that I had been having with my boyfriend since I was a teenager. That was the same sort of reason why I was now my ex-boyfriend and we had split up. For good. I need to spice up my life and find out if there was anything better out there. I just want to live in the world where naive women who have only had one partner just Randomly book fucking tickets to Hawaii and fill out sex surveys after they get them cuz I Will start an airline if that's what's going on out there in the world Is that what's going on out there in the world cuz I will start an airline Fuck it. Just send them all the survey if they answer goddamn (laughs) What's your favorite position? Now, what's your favorite sexual position? There is a very big difference between fantasy and reality. Sure, I had fantasized about sexually indulging in every answer I'd ever given in that survey. However, actually engaging in such sexual pleasures was not something I would have ever had the nerve to try. Just real quick, an author's note, there's no way. That's so unrealistic. Guys, remembering a survey after you filled it out? Come on. Come on! I filled out fucking, like, resumes, and I don't even remember what the fuck I put on them. I filled out resumes before, I'm like, what'd you get for name? As the limo slowly drove up the white pebbled driveway, and the luxurious side of the resort appeared in full focus, my mouth went completely dry, and it took all my might to stop myself from fainting. Waiting for me at the hotel lobby were three hot guys with smiles that out... The, comp- the business model just cannot be working for this place. That is so much fucking day labor. Outshone the sun-soaked Hawaiian palm trees. I was blown away by their flexing muscles that almost seemed to beat like a heart. In that virile bad boy attitude that was making me sweat. Like a cool pineapple drink. That's a sentence. One more time. I was blown away by their flexing muscles that almost seemed to beat like a heart. At that virile bad boy attitude that was making me sweat like a cool pineapple drink. Really, I was melting in all kinds of ways, including the fact that I was soaking my panties. I was melting in all kinds of ways, including my panties. So she's sweating, and her makeup's running, her deodorant's dripping off. What else is happening? Is she made of sugar like the Wicked Witch of the fucking West? What else is happening? How other ways is she melting besides sweat and panty wooden? Oh, man. Sweating like a cool pineapple drink. By the way, I don't know what an alcoholic drink is, because I am 18. Really, I was melting. <laughs> Hi, my name is Alexis. I turned around and saw this beautiful Asian-looking woman, well, this is not going where I thought it was going to go at all, who seemed to be native Hawaiian. I hadn't seen her as I was drawn by the three male specimens. Alexa explained that I was asked to choose one of these drop-dead gorgeous drool-all-over-the-carpet men for my first-night prize at the resort. Wait! This son sort of stuff doesn't happen to me! Alexa guffawed. In your typical day-to-day life? Of course it doesn't. But you're in Hawaii now. (laughs) You are in paradise. Here, at the resort, we make magic happen. I smiled unsure and in my mind said to myself, in fact, this stuff doesn't happen, period. Something must have gone terribly wrong with our flight. I feel I've died and gone to heaven. But I guess that is what Alexis meant when she said I was now in paradise. To make sure I wasn't dreaming... I discreetly pinched myself and started focusing on each guy's beguiling qualities. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor number one had hazel green eyes, dark brown hair, and lovely dimpled smile in a smooth way about him. His name was Tony. Boy, am I ready to be your Cleopatra was my first thought that came to my mind. I was hoping that I hadn't said it telepathically, because that could have been pretty embarrassing. Bachelor number two was tall, dark, and had an air of mystery. I'm Mike. He said, flashing a seductive smile, I'm thinking, baby, yes, you certainly are. You can be whoever you want, and you can make me whoever you want. Except bachelor number three certainly wasn't anything to look over either. He had a way about him that said, come here to me. With his blonde spiked hair, deep blue eyes, and sword seven and a half feet tall strapped to his back, he screamed, spank me very much. I almost lost it. He asked his surname printed on his t-shirt. Gary. I repeated in my head, stretching out the R. Gary. He was just so gorgeous, I wanted to bounce him. So now that you've met our three men, you need to make a choice, Jill, said Alexa. I was completely torn, but the clock was tick, tick, ticking. Alex explained to me that if I didn't choose a date now, I'd have to wait until tomorrow. Stupid rules, I thought. I want all three. I mean, after all, I'm on vacation. The host had started counting down to the last seconds as I melted in front of the audience of excited resort guests that had gathered around. What the heck, I thought. I'm gonna go for... Mike! I said aloud, and chose Mike. All the people started applauding as I'd been on Let's Make a Deal-type game show, and I thought... I'm not choosing Mike because he seems any better than Tony or Gary. I'm just choosing him because he's in the middle. And I need to choose before I lose my choice. Yes, I'll go with Mike, I repeated. Mike and Alexa? Joked the hostess. Is that what you said? I blushed. I just smiled and decided not to say a word. Then... I realized a roar of laughter had flooded around the lobby of the hotel. That small audience of hotel patrons had grown, about 20 people staring at me, the three bachelors and the hostesses. What is this, Hawaii vacation bachelorette or the dating game? I thought, I'm sorry, said Alexa. I'll be in the other room with Gary and Anthony. Again, the audience roared with laughter. But I don't know what came over me. It's not like I'd have four or five my ties yet, but I just blurted out, no, you can't. I want Gary for tomorrow and Anthony for the next day. It was my turn to get a round of laughs. I chuckled too, but inside I was thinking, um, I was kind of serious, guys. Well, we'll see about that, replied Alexa. But for now, Mike will escort you back to your private suite. Do everything in his power to make sure your vacation starts off with a bang, shall we say. (laughs) The audience moaned at Alexa's cheesy play on words while Mike walked over to me, taking my hand and plunging his amazing dark eyes into mine. That hurts. Don't do it. I am so happy you chose me, Jill, he whispered. I can't believe my luck. He couldn't believe his luck. I couldn't believe mine. Come, I certainly hoped we would. How's that for a cheesy play on words? As Mike led me to my room, I was quiet listening to him chatting happily about the pool hours and spa services. His voice was deep, rich, and the more he talked, the more I loved listening to him. Walking slightly ahead of me, he would glance back over his shoulder on occasion to make eye contact with me, and I felt myself blush each time he did. admiring how his well-defined shoulders strained against the seams of the silky white t-shirt he wore, I felt the growing desire was probably showing up, shoving all over my face. When he wasn't looking, I took the time to openly admire his beautiful physique. He was such a gorgeous man, and said stuff like this really never happened to me, I just knew that this was going to be the best night ever. As we reached the door to my room, Mike turned around and looked deep into my soul with his dark brown eyes. I could have lost myself into them and rest them all day long. I felt my insides beginning to spark as my desire to be touched by his breathtaking creature grew. he softly brushed my hair to the side and held my face with one hand I knew what was coming or at least I thought I did I spent a soft gentle kiss to let me know that he had the same intention I did instead it was more so much more his mouth took control of mine kissing me deeply and then softly and then deeply again he wrapped an arm around my waist and pulled me into him and I shivered at the feel of him throbbing for me I could not believe we were still standing outside the door where anyone would walk by and see the open display of pure raw passion between two strangers he continued to kiss me. I felt his tongue flicking and probing against mine as if he were pleading for more. Finally, reality gave me the strength to break away from a second. Breathlessly, I said, please, let's go inside. Once we opened the door with the keycard, Mike closed it behind him and pressed his back against it. From here on out, it's all about you. All right. There's more dialogue, but it sucks. He smiled. There was a short silence. I was in awe of his beauty, friendly, loving face. I leaned in to kiss him. He kissed me back. I couldn't get over the chemistry between us. It was faking this. If he was faking this. He was the best actor I'd ever seen. I pulled the t-shirt over his head and started feeling every inch of his upper body with my fingers and hands. I wanted my mind, my body, my soul to remember every part of him. I noticed he had goosebumps on his forearms and that drove me crazy. I didn't know if it was from the air conditioning or from my touch and I didn't care. I liked it. I went for his nipples because I wanted to see if they were erect. They were. He moaned. I was happy about that because Brad always pulled my fingers away when they happened to brush against his nipples. My clearly liked my touch. I pinched them lightly without interrupting our kiss. He moaned again. With that permission, Mike took control and slowly unbuttoned my brows, tracing down my skin while he opened it. I could feel my breath becoming heavier and seeing my chest heave with passion made Mike's eyes become fiery. Instead of thanking him for calling me gorgeous, I kissed him, pressing my breast between his bare chest. He backed up a bit to cut my bra-covered tits in his hands. As he caressed them, I felt my pussy release its lubricant! Release the lubricant! I couldn't wait to feel Mike inside of me, but I didn't want this to stop. I pinched his nipple without touching my eye, turning my eyes away, hoping he would understand I wanted him to do the same to mine. He did. I moaned. We just stood there for a few seconds caressing and pinching each other's nipples. It was sort of a strange game, but it was awesome. Being disciplined enough to not just jump all over him made the sexual tension all the more enjoyable. I could feel every nerve in my body screaming with pleasure. I was totally torturing my pussy. But it felt so good! After a while, I drew my hands away from his nipples and pressed my hands against my breast so that he'd keep doing what he was doing, and then I went back for his belt buckle. I unfastened it and zipped his pants, letting it all fall to the floor. His Ugo Boss, (laughs) spelled... U-G-O, not H-U-G-O, his Ugo, boss, boxer briefs tented towards me and I was anxious to find out what they were poorly hiding... My phone on my breast was making me dizzy with pleasure. He'd been rubbing my animals so much that they were actually starting to hurt a little, which only added to the pleasure. Instead of pulling down his box of breeze, I decided to go ahead and move the fabric around his magnetic pole and popped out between the opening in the front. I gasped in awe. He caught it out and chuckled. I decided that it would be better to shut up and wrap my hands around his pole setting penis, so I pulled it down Alfred like a lever and twisted it in my hand. He moaned. I looked up at him and made sure it was a moan of pleasure. It was! I smiled. I moaned. I looked up at him and enjoyed it as well. Gave it a few more strokes and licks before I squatted down, that would be at eye level. I pulled back at the foreskin to bring my hand towards his pelvis he cocked his head with was glistening already with the pole twitching underneath his pole and pushed it back onto the other pole of the precum I touched it with my index finger and pulled it away stretching into the strand he was looking down at me with his clearly amused I smiled up at him and struck out with my tongue placing it at the base of his cock and licking up towards the head by this I brought the foreskin back over his head and then wrapped it and hung around it tasting the salty and sweet liquid that I had trapped inside <sighs> all right we finally got to the fucking sex I played around with his cock licking fondling softly biting it and I was discovering a new toy. It actually felt something like that because Brad always felt uncomfortable with me experimenting with his rod. Now, I was in a position where I had permission to do what I wanted, and Mike seemed to be a willing participant. After a while, I decided I'd like to suck on his cock and see how it and its owner, would react. I pulled the sides of the holes of the boxers over his pole, covering it temporarily, and then pulled his underwear down. His ball sack was hairless, and its sides were a bit stuck to the inside of his thighs. It didn't bother me at all! I loved the discreet smell of his sweat, and carefully caressed his balls so that they would unglue themselves from his thighs. He seemed to like that too. Author's note. I've had some pretty sweaty balls growing up in the desert. Uh, so I've had some balls stuck to my thighs before. If, like, you have to spatula them off with any kind of consistency, that's not sweat. That's dirt and grime. I'm just telling you right now. That's not water or <clears throat> delicacy you need. That's, that's Formula 409. All right? If they're, if they're permanently stuck to the leg, especially if I'm erect, that is because I have not washed either my leg or my balls in a very long time. So, I swallowed his pole and slid my mouth on it, swirling my tongue to feel each inch of his pulsating organ. I kept playing with his balls with my free hand, feeling them twitch and churn. Making Mike moan and groan in ecstasy was making me so happy. I was completely in the moment forgetting all the crap that I had left behind, and all this without a single drop of alcohol yet. Just as I felt Mike had had enough, and was about to reach the brink of orgasm, I pulled off and stood up. I'm sorry, I whispered. What? I'm not stopping because I want to torture you. I just want this to last. Mike says that's okay, but I don't think he means it. Mike smiles and kissed me. I couldn't help but think that he probably wasn't supposed to do that, according to his contract, but I didn't care about that and certainly didn't want to think about that. I kissed him right back, caressing and needing. His amazing buttocks. <laughs> I unzipped my... S- Just something about, like, getting that kiss and be like, This is forbidden. I wonder if he really cares for me. And then grabbing his ass. Just something about that's fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> I unzipped my skirt and let it drop to the floor. He delicately pulled down my panties and just as adroitly caressed my lower belly towards my pussy, slipping only his middle finger inside the top of my slit to stroke my wet clit. As I wrapped my hand around his pole, we kissed again, eyes open, so that we could enjoy each other's pleasure. As the passion started mounting in my loins, Mike created a sort of vibrating sensation with his finger on my clit. Something I had never felt before. Oh, you poor fucking thing. I started moaning louder and louder, and Mike brought his free hand up to my left breast, slowly pinching its nipple like he'd so expertly done a few minutes earlier. This sent me over the top. An overwhelming, orgasmic tidal wave... Wow, that was easy. Tidal wave (laughs) crashed over me, sending my brain into a tornado of pleasure. My eye... Mike. I'm going to need to pick up some technique from you, dude. Mike somehow managed to hold me up with his finger, still on my love button. What could have ended up becoming a pretty painful actually made my pleasure even more intense. So, like a ballet, he's holding her aloft with her balancing her clit on his finger? (laughs) Is Is that what you're taking away from that? (laughs) <laughs> when the tsunami subsided Mike swooped me up and carried me to the bed he set me down and whispered I want to feel you inside me oh I whispered sorry 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 Mike's picked me up and he put me down so he should be whispering but I whispered I want to feel you inside me your wish is my command he murmured back but that does not feel anything other than obligatory <laughs> when his hot. Still hard pole slipped inside my pussy. It felt like the most natural thing in the world. (laughs) One more time. When his hot, still hard pole slipped inside my pussy, comma, it felt like the most natural thing in the world. Now, perhaps I'm being a little too hard on this author. When I want to say that my cock feels natural going inside of a woman, of all the metaphors I could use, a hot steel hard pole naturally fitting inside your pussy wouldn't be wouldn't wouldn't be top choices. Oh, baby, I'm gonna feel so good inside you, like if we got rid of the cement portion of a stop sign and I shoved it in. <sighs> hey, baby, you know what rebar is? Well, you're about to. (sighs) Like it just fit there. Like I just wanted him to not move to stay there, but of course, I would feel like that. I had just come to an inch of my life. Now I knew that Mike would give me another orgasm, and I wanted him to be a memorable one, too. He didn't start rocking or moving his hips right away, as though he'd read my mind and knew that I would like to keep him inside me just the way he was. He made his cock twitch, and I could feel it move inside me. That is actually crump, please. I moaned when he did that again, seeing that I liked it. Our eyes were glued together. We were totally in sync. When I reached around and kneaded his butt cheeks, he gave me three more cock twitches. <laughs> I pulled his ass cheeks apart, and his eyes widened. Clearly, he was wondering what I was going to do next. But he was also intrigued. Uh, he's on the fucking clock. <laughs> Did you read the exit only co- uh, part of his contract? He gave my insides two more cock twitches, and my index finger found his butthole. There's <laughs> only about somebody who's used this language saying butthole is hilarious. I pressed it against it without penetrating it. Oh, good! Oh, that's what men love all of a sudden without discussion. Just pushing against it like a pulsating effect. That's when he started rocking, pushing his cock inside me even further when I would push against his butthole. It felt amazing. As though my index finger, pushing against his butthole, was the driving force behind his thrust inside my pussy. He moaned with pleasure as I answered each of his sounds with my own. Oh yeah, Joe. Push me inside, you. He had understood the same thing. I f- your finger's on his asshole, lady! He gets the game! Lady! You're putting your finger on his asshole and pushing down! Yeah, he feels it. This is not appropriate. We continued making love like this, if that's what you want to fucking call it. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. We continued making love like this. And I said, as an author, yeah, that's what you want to fucking call it. Here's the next line. We continued making love like this because, yeah, it really felt like we were doing that. Making love. For a while, (laughs) it felt like another orgasm built up from inside my pussy radiating through my clit, which was rubbing against his pubes. When I imploded, he nibbled on my right breast for a second, causing my pussy to tense up and to suck the cum right out of him. Oh yeah, Jill. Your pussy is milking my bone. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. (laughs) Panting and groaning, our open mouths rubbed against each other, in a delicious non-kiss that felt just amazing. I let go of his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me three or four more thrusts. <laughs> when he pulled out of me, I felt his cock had not lost any of its hardness because it felt just like it would pull one of my tildos out. He slowly slipped off of me and I closed my eyes. That's when I felt his mouth on my pussy. First his tongue and lips on my clit, licking and kissing, telling, that it was not over. Second, I felt a finger slip inside my slit. Third, the combination of both. I started meeting his oral and digital lovemaking skills with my hip thrusts. I was totally losing myself in this amazing pleasure again, and before I knew it, I felt a third orgasm washing over me and rush over my brain like a, like a defenseman sacking a quarterback in the NFL. One more time. <coughs> and before I knew it, I felt a third orgasm wash over me and rush my brain like a defense man sacking a quarterback in the NHL, NFL. Sorry, not the National League. National Football League, NFL. That's that's a quote. One more time. I got to get this right. I got to get this verbatim. <clears throat> and before I knew it, I felt a third orgasm wash over me and rush my brain like a defense man sacking a quarterback. In the NFL. I'm glad you liked it said Mike as he got back on bed. He kissed me and I got a taste of his cum and my juice. Apparently he didn't have a problem tasting his own cum which oddly made him even more endearing. We caressed each other until we both fell asleep. At least I think that's what happened next. I think I fell asleep before him and when I woke up this morning he was asleep next to me. <laughs> oh, the mind wonders at what could have happened. Actually, he's still sleeping as I write this. I have no idea what the rest of the Hawaiian vacation will be like, but it certainly started out great. And now I'm sort of wondering if I really do wish to have Gary for tonight and that day and tomorrow. I think maybe I'd like to stick with Magic Mike for the whole vacation, if that's okay. the hawaiian vacation by tristan lemay uh l-e-m-a-y so tristan is usually a man's name in my experience but i guess it could have become a woman's name recently it would explain the pushing down on the butthole if tristan's a dude okay guys that was the live show Uh, I guess I'm gonna work on singing a lot harder but besides that I had a great time sorry if I got too political or personal for you in the middle of the poetry but besides that really I really had Uh, if anybody's like worried about my temper or my mental health I think that was a pretty good example of being surprised by something have a big emotional response to it while everything is kind of chaotic and just dealing with my feelings so That kind of means to me that I think I'm ready for showtime, more or less. (sighs) I got a couple of things to get in order, so cross your fingers for me. Be patient with me. Encourage me. All the rest. But once I get it done, I think it's a done deal. Feeling pretty good about most things these days. I hope you are too. Thank you again from me, from Allie, from all the ladies in the night on the server. Really appreciate you. All the girls who have come on and, you know, suggested a movie or watched a movie with me and all the rest. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys coming up. See you at the next live show. Uh, You know, all the rest. Really do appreciate you guys very, very much. I have a lot of fun at these shows. Hopefully you can hear I leave everything at the door. And I will see you guys very, very soon next week. Have a great rest of your week. Until then.